Welcome one and all to episode 62 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is December, we're in December now, December the 6th, 2020. The year is almost over, this horrible year. I'm Graham Cookson, production editor of Megavisions, and joining this week, blah, joining me this week on a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow, here's a rock, here's an island, it's Scott. Oh, the managing editor for Megavisions and no one else. So, yeah. welcome. Yes. It's me, uh, I'm your I, 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 island. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Isn't that island. how it goes? I, 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 don't, I can't remember, to be honest. It's been a while since I've heard that song. But, uh, yeah, after last week's insane idea of streaming a game live while doing the podcast... We're kind of coming back to normal. Uh, so, as always, we'll be answering some of your burning questions. We'll have our picks of the week and we'll have a feature discussion, which is, as in build up to Christmas, we're going to make it Christmas related. Uh, so, yeah. So, while we. Uh, while we. God, I've, I've lost, I've lost <laughs> What's it. Going? Are you looking at the outline or are you just looking everywhere else? I'm looking at the outline, but it's actually stuff from last week, and I've not forgot to update it. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> Completely my fault. But, uh, yes, as we step into December, and we step one foot closer to Christmas, let's uh, get things rolling with uh, what we've been doing this week. So, Scotty, what have you been doing this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, uh, was sitting in on the Scrubverse podcast, episode 72. You, you can check. Um, but not much else. The week back after a holiday is always horrible at work. Very busy. So play more Puyo Puyo for the review. The Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 thing. That'll be, that might, that well, that should be out if I'm diligent enough by the time this episode is out. Um, but other than that, we've been watching Christmas movies. And I picked up a lot of stuff since we recorded on a Friday and only do stuff and live my life on the weekend. So I did a lot more right after the podcast, pretty much. But I did pick up a bunch of a bunch of magazines. Yeah, front cover there that says uh, here's the dude you've been warned about. And if you open it up, it's Sega Visions with Knuckles on the cover. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So, I highly doubt anyone could read that address, but I'll cover it up anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grabbed a bunch of... Man, look at this old ad. It's just a hand coming out of a foot leg thing. That's the 90s, yeah. everybody. I, I love looking back to these Stupid. old retro Sega magazines and stuff. There's just some weird adverts and stuff. It's like, how do we advertise how awesome this game is? Let's have like a giant skull floating here for no reason. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, or how about this one of uh, he wears size 22 triple E shoes on his feet. His opponents usually wear them on their face. You want to guess what that's a ad for? Uh, is it one of the basketball games at all? Like NBA Jam or? Sort of. It's Shaq Fu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so been reading through those, you know, getting some ideas for what we uh, what we do here at Megavisions. Um, there was a, I think I showed you guys this one issue is Penn and Teller on the cover. Ooh. I can't, these stupid card, there's like a cardboard tearaway cover on top of the actual cover, but there's Penn oh, and okay. Teller. And then um, the actual article, though, is so poorly designed because it's like this hypnotic circle oh. 
thing that you have to literally turn the magazine sideways yeah. to read some of it. Maybe that's fun for kids, but like, oh, since since I help make a magazine now, it just it, that drives me a little bit nuts. Yeah, um, imagine reading that on the bus to school or something. Yeah, yeah. But look at this ad for the X Band, where you could take your Sega Genesis online. Do you remember that? Um, I don't think that was actually a thing over here, like the X Band. Oh boy, I, I can tell you that you probably were not missing out. Stop playing with yourself is the top of that ad, so that makes sense, right? Yeah, wiener <laughs> jokes. That's good. Um, outside of the cool stuff, I got some other cool stuff. Uh, this store near me is going out of business. It's a retro shop that sells music, movies, and games and stuff. Um, they actually are the creators of Halloween, Haunted Halloween 1985. If you've played that 8-bit game, it's on Steam. They released it on NES cartridges as well, but got a bunch of stuff from that store uh i'll go through my grabs here real quick um i got a reliant k album it's actually a birthday gift for my mom um and then i got a movie collection both bad boys movies on blu-ray for 10 bucks can't pass that up because uh, i didn't know either um daredevil derby 3d which what? um yeah, I don't know how much you can see the back, but it looks like it was maybe a super off-road clone. So I'm like, let's check this out. It's also somehow eight-player. Um, but I pl- I tossed. it's a PS1 game, so I tossed it into the PS3 because I don't have an actual PS1 anymore. Turned it on, went to the title screen, and Rachel walks into the room. She's like, I remember this game! I'm like, I've never seen it before in my life. Uh, wow. A bunch of goofy cartoon characters, but didn't really play it too much. I just wanted to pop it in and make sure it works. Um and uh but that was you know pretty cheap uh, and, and then uh, i also got i'll save the most exciting thing for me for last but the most exciting thing for graham right now i bought advent rising Ooh. Uh, i could win a million dollars right oh my god that's still yes. possible that's totally possible. the original xbox whoops there's my receipt yeah. you want to see uh, a great it has the manual but it also has this two free months of xbox live yes get in <laughs> you win so it, it, like if kids are starting with the ps5 and xbox series x they won't even know they won't even understand this cardboard card with a tearaway code like it hasn't been used yet the little tearaway thing is oh, still on it i'm sure it's um, still golden i could probably still actually use it i don't know how that works really um but and then lastly i got a Dreamcast controller adapter to use Dreamcast controllers on oh, PS, uh, on PCs. I was fucking hunting for this before the marathon. I needed it for the marathon, and I couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere. Store an hour away has three of them in stock. So that's wow. what I get. So I hope you bought um, all three. For the, no, I bought one. Oh, man. They were each 25 but they were going for the normal retail price. Well, a couple bucks off, so what was that? But anyway, but yeah, it's... um. Uh, what it does is it. Oh, interesting. I just noticed it shows the bindings on the back, like what the control is actually switched to with the face buttons and everything. But mm. it's a box that you allows you to plug in two Dreamcast controllers and then use those controllers on your PC. Yeah, so that's cool. I've got one which I think technically works with Saturn and PlayStation and Dreamcast. I think I can't. I, oh, find wow. it. I think I lost it a while ago. <laughs> I mean, they also had like ones that were um, for SNES, NES, GameCube, and I think that was it. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, though, like I have that retro 
or I mean, uh, is it retro bit or eight bit do or something that Saturn controller that is a USB controller? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I've really need, but there's yeah. nothing like that yeah. for dreamcast. So I thought I'd, yeah. thought I'd, uh, get that. Cause there are some games through dreamcast that I would like to play that are just way too expensive, but someday I'll stream them and maybe I'll use that converter. We'll just say. Sounds good. Um, you know what I mean? one, yeah. one thing I just wanted to touch on um, for anyone who doesn't know, when Scotty showed up Advent Rising, that is a game that Chris and I streamed recently. We played through the whole. Well, I actually played through the whole game. Chris was talking to me about it because Chris played it back in the day, and it's a fascinating game. It's actually it's kind of made towards the end of the original Xbox's life, effectively, and it was meant to be like the next big, almost like Halo killer style game, even though it's very different to Halo. Because uh, it's a third-person game, you can go into first-person mode, but it's not really a first-person shooter as such. And they they, have, they plan to have like a whole series of games. It's got a really epic storyline. But they and and on the front cover, it does say you could win a million dollars because the idea was that I can't remember, there was some there was something that you could do which basically someone would win a million dollars. Oh, I can but tell it, you, oh, race to good. save humanity. Download and find hidden Advent Rising icons to win $1 million or hundreds of other cool prizes. And then it says GameWorks, Gamester, um, Sobe Adrenaline Rush, Brady Games. Right, okay. And so that's probably why they gave you the bonus two months thing. So Because you can, you have to do it through Xbox Live or whatever. Um, yeah, but it never actually panned out. As in, like, they, never, they actually cancelled the million dollar prize thing because the initial sales were so poor. And it's really a shame because it's actually a very solid game. It's it's of its time, so there's some there's some things in it you think, oh, this bit not you know it doesn't really work as well as more modern games, but you can yeah. tell for its time it was actually very spectacular. And the whole thing is you are you're a human, but there's like alien races out there, and you kind of you unlock these potential powers that humans actually all have within them. So you become almost like a demigod towards the end of the game. It's really cool. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just it's just really it's actually a very fun game. So I've never played it before, but we played it recently, and you can get it on Steam. The Steam version is good, but the controls a bit janked up because it was not really designed for control pads, and the and the actual keyboard and mouse controls are fine but not amazing. So there was one boss I got stuck on, and it took me ages to do that. I had to actually do it offline off our stream because um, the controls just weren't working properly for it. But anyway. Wow. I hope Chris is on the Xbox. It works really well. So hopefully you'll play it. You'll well, have fun with it. Um, it was five yeah. bucks. Was it worth well, it? We'll oh, totally. It. I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> if not, you can get it on Steam, as I say. I think it's like only seven pounds, maybe $10 or whatever it is on Steam. So it's not much, but yeah. Awesome. And so is that it? Is that everything for yourself? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's all I bought. Surprisingly. Cool. That's all I do is buy stuff, I guess. Awesome. Um, so since our last two podcasts now, actually, oh God, uh, I still have not been able to put up my arcade racing legends, uh, review for the Dreamcast, uh, partly because I got back to work and it's been a bit manic and I just haven't had the time. Mm. And then I reread the review that I'd written. So I'm doing a written review and also doing a video review and the written review was way too long. And I was just like, I'm going to have to edit most of this out. It's just, too, it's like 3000 words. I'm like this is too long for a review. Um, Cause I think as I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, there's a lot of really good stuff in it, like very impressive stuff. There's also a lot of annoyances with that game, which hold it back a bit. Uh, I won't go into them all now, but I think uh, hopefully when my review comes out, you'll, you'll fully understand, but yeah, I need to edit the video as well, basically. Um, 
So I've got all the video oh, content. Okay. And I, that actually together. Oh, sorry. Oh, what? sorry. My copy showed up as we were talking about it last week. Like, Ooh. or was it Friday? Yeah. Wow, that was one whole week ago, Scott. Get with it. Yeah, it showed up in the mail like as we were recording, so I do have oh. my copy in now. <laughs> have you have you tried it yet? Nope, it's still okay. in the shrink wrap. Oh man, I'd I'd very much like to speak to you about it uh, once you played it. Maybe mm-hmm. next week on the show we could have a a quick banter about it because that'd be interesting. Interesting to get your take. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so hopefully I can get that this week. I probably <laughs> I can't promise anything. And this is the problem of juggling a life and a job and also all this nonsense that we're doing. But mm-hmm. other than that, I haven't really got any pickups. I downloaded some stuff uh, digitally on the Xbox, which uh, one of them I'm actually going to talk about today, but nothing, no actual physical pickups this week. Uh, nothing really of import either. So yeah, that's that's it. That's my amazing life. So with that, we'll uh, we'll move on for the rest of the show. So we've got some feedback in the feedback forum of Doom. Feedback of Doom. So just a quick one with that. Um, we have something from Saturn Memories. Uh, so not the last week, but the week before when we had Antichrist on. We were, it, was a, it was a Sega Saturn's birthday in Japan, and we got into some Saturn conversations, and Antichrist was talking about pinball games and how one of his favourite memories is, very recently, uh, his wife basically wanted to play a pinball game with him, and she was apparently really amazing at it, and he was playing, I can't remember which game it was, there was a pinball game on the Sega Saturn, though, that they were playing, um, yeah, I can't remember which one um. it was, was it? Was it Pinball Effects? Last Gladiator or something. It was the game that I actually have. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's called Last Gladiators. I'll correct us as you go here. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, so Saturn Memories uh, on the Discord, he said to Antichris, uh, get your wife... Okay, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this because I can never pronounce anything. Get your wife Necronomicon. Necronomicon. You have not seen The Evil Dead, have you? I have not. <laughs> so yep. uh, he says that's the sequel to Last Gladiators, and it's even better. So there's a okay, yeah. Shout out for anyone who's into Saturn pinball games or just pinball games in general. Check it out. Yeah, the first one is Last Gladiators Digital Pinball. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So little about pinball video games. I've played like three in my life. I'm not, I'm not completely against them. It's just never been, never been hugely into pinball. But that's. That's cool. And how'd you say that again? Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Okay, that's something that's Mm -hmm. going into my dictionary. Why am I the one who always reads out these words that I could never pronounce? Uh You're the host. You run this circus now. God damn it. And Scotty, wasn't there... I think there's more feedback that we had on Twitter, if you know. Yes. Um, Through Twitter, at Cybersonic8472, or Nicholas Schaefer says... Uh, I have a friend. Uh, oh, this is relating to when we talked about things interfering with real life and not and us losing the immersion of whatever we're interacting with, be it a game, movie, uh, show, whatever. Um, Cybersonic says, I have a friend who's just like Sheldon. He has a quirky but good fashion style. He matches but lots of bow ties. The one big difference between him and Sheldon is he can't remain still. He, he oods confidence but at all times he inappropriately moves in fidgets. 
But I will say I love Big Bang Theory because it finally helped my wife, who will not watch anything sci-fi, fantasy, comics, or video games, understand me. She totally identifies as Penny, and she asks me questions to understand the jokes. So I feel a little bit bad because there is a nerd out there who has fashion sense and is also a genius. So shout-outs to your buddy. Um, and uh, But that's... I never thought of it that way, that Big Bang Theory could enhance anyone's life. <laughs> but if there's a way to do it, I guess it would be with Penny as the vessel. So, I mean, yeah. good on that then. So, yeah, I, I still a, hate the show and everything around it, but if it can help your relationship, that's awesome. Yeah, I th- just uh, just to give extra clarification, yeah, when we were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that came up was the Big Bang Theory. Um, I, mean, I I know you and Anti-Chris are really dislike the show. I don't hate the show i i've enjoyed it to an extent i don't think as good as as everyone makes it out to be but i enjoyed it and uh uh yeah but that was one of the comments we had about um your feedback was all how your one of your feedbacks was sheldon wouldn't be able to dress as well as he does he's very fashionable in the show and from my personal experience there's a guy i used to work with who yeah he is he was a genius but his fashion sense was god awful in that regards he tried he tried to like almost mimic how other people dressed it at work, like you know, quite cool shirts or smart shirts and t-shirts and jeans, but he never quite pulled it off. But uh, I guess, yeah, you know, here's the thing: you can't really stereotype everybody into the same category. There are people out there who will be different, and as you say, it's awesome. If the Big Bang Theory has helped enhance your relationship and stuff, that's 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 awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, there are totally jokes in that show that are made for people of a different like uh scholastic caliber as well because but yeah so so i i'm not saying i'm a genius but also there are some jokes that i'm just like i don't know what that means but i guess it's funny because the can laughter's (laughs) there um but uh yeah i i think my main hate from it is because when i worked in retail different areas and i have friends in my different friend groups that are not gamers like they would enjoy it and watch it and ask and and relate it to me and it was just so far from the beaten path of what I am and mm. what my nerd culture is. So, you know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, th- I think that's maybe, cool, maybe, though. Maybe that's the problem with the show. Almost that if if someone sees you as because they like in the Big Bang Theory, they all are all effectively geniuses. They're all professors and you know got masters or whatever uh, doctorates in certain types of fields of science, and they're gamers. So I think a lot of people just think, oh, you're a gamer. You must be just like this. Well, you must be just like Lennon or um, yeah. Sheldon or Cooper Polly or whatever. So, yeah, I, th- I think maybe that that's an issue for some people who more just casual gamers or just gamers in general. That may maybe that doesn't really fit us, but people think it does. So, yeah, I think I think that could be an irksome thing. But anyway, this yeah. is this is this is a topic we could go on to for a whole entire show, I think. But uh, otherwise, as we say, awesome. And with that, yeah. we'll move on to Scotty Moe's Mail Sack or Wonder. Yeah, it's the Mail Sack. We got the Mail Sack. Beautiful Mail Sack. Oh, nope, that's wrong. That's very wrong. Yeah, let me get that uh, get that thing open. And that's right. It's time for the Mail Sack of Wonder, where we've got nothing today because no one said anything. Fuck off. <laughs> Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. So, yeah, we got nothing. There's nothing in there. Well, that's sad. That's sad to hear, Scotty. 
I can't tell you any rhyme or reason of when I send that thing out, if we get responses, if we don't, what time of day, what day of the week. Doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should open up the email floodgates or something. Maybe we should. You Maybe. can email us at uh, uh, grahamcooksitup at superhotmail.com. <laughs> Sounds good to me. We should also mm-hmm. open up an MSN Messenger chat thing, I think. That'd be. Yeah, let me bring up my ICQ real quick. And we'll be good to go. <laughs> Well, we could get we could get the MySpace page back up. I'm sure that would be something no. Awesome <laughs> I went to a MySpace page once and just kept getting emails. I didn't even log in. I just went oh, to God. MySpace for some reason. Oh, brilliant! Right. Anyway, it's just like, hey, remember MySpace? Please don't forget us. You have an account, MySpace, MySpace. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that with MySpace. You can now log in with Facebook. So that pretty much says it all. Oh, really? Yeah, that last time I went to... (laughs) Graham, you didn't know that, like, a Nintendo game came... Or a Sega game came out on Nintendo, but you knew that you can log into MySpace now with Facebook. What? what, I don't know what planet you're on anymore. (laughs) I miss MySpace. It's so good. Um, Well, I say say you can do that now. The last time I tried to do it was about two years ago, so... But two years ago, you could log on with my, with Facebook. So, all right, I'm going to go to MySpace right now. Let's go to MySpace.com. Okay. Let's see this what's going on test. here. Let me try it, uh, it looks just as boring as it did before because they've oh, totally man. they've tried to minimize their look, and now it's just literally black and white, and it looks it looks like it it looks like a website Ooh. trying to sell formats for websites or something. Like it's boring. There's no personality. Uh, let's see who's on the top here. Fear the big... Walking Dead. PJ Harvey shares Nick Cave collage to announce is this desire vinyl re-release. Young Bloods. End of the fucking world. Season three. Yeah, this is the best Christmas songs of 2020. Godfather four could still happen, says Paramount. So lots of hot stuff going on. Well, I've got some breaking news for you. I've just clicked on Great. log in, and you can log in with both Facebook and Twitter now. So there we go. That's a thing. Good. All right. <laughs> Is there a bidding war for MySpace? Is that what's going on right now? Or? Uh, I wonder if I can remember my MySpace. Hey, hey, I'm going to have to do this offline. I wonder if I can remember my MySpace login because I miss my old page. Don't do it. Great stuff. Don't do it. I had, some, I had some great photos. I was friends with like Green Day, man. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so this. Good. You can become friends with real big people and bands and stuff who would never ever speak to you. But it felt good. felt good back then. So let's move away from social media of yesteryear and move on to something possibly more current, but also probably more really retro. Our picks of the week. Cool. So as always with our picks of the week, we are going to talk about something we've been enjoying over the last week or so. So this is stuff in the world of entertainment books movies games board games uh tv shows it doesn't matter something that we've been enjoying and we feel like you people the folks at home stuck in 2020 along with us might enjoy as well and we're not saying these are the best things ever but they're worth a shot so scotty i'll let you kick it off what is your pick of the week yeah i uh, got around it just released on november 25th uh, insert coin a documentary about midway the arcade slash um game company um they're known mostly for mortal kombat um before nether realms now does mortal kombat games but the insert coin documentary was done actually by an employee of midway i'm i'm sorry i'm gonna butcher his name but it's josh Tsui. it's it's his last name's just t-s-u-i sorry I'd say it's su- um, sui. sui maybe That's uh, what I'd uh, but it. he sui. 
yeah, but it's really cool. It's very well done. Um, it has a lot. Uh, it, it starts with like Narc. They're one of their their first. Uh, well, the first game was Smash TV. Talks about that, like making it bloody and just doing mm-hmm. the bloodiest they can with it. And uh, talks about Narc, Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam. They even talk about the Grid, which is great. Uh, Do you ever play the Grid? Which one's the Grid? So it has an. It's it. It would come in a set of three, but they're. Um, be there. There's a ball and a joystick, and you play. It looks honestly like the Blitz with the color scheme. Um, if you want to look it up, you might have seen it, but never played it or something in an arcade. Uh, I don't know how big it was in the UK. They didn't make many because you had to buy. It's almost like Killer Queen, how you have to get two giant cabinets. You had to have a minimum of three cabinets to play one person per cabinet against each other. Um, but it, it's like Out Trigger. If you, you know, for Dreamcast, kind of, it's just an arena shooter, third person arena shooter. Uh, It's really, it's actually pretty good and definitely ahead of its time. But Ed Boon kind of made that as his stress relief after doing so much Mortal Kombat. Um, But I mentioned that just because it was cool to hear about the grid. But no, they talk about just Midway's, like, you know, Williams Pinball and, and Williams Arcade and other divisions that formed into Midway. Ed Boon is not in it. Um, He's kind of in it through different clips and stuff but john tobias the other like john tobias ed boone cybot was named after them in the mortal kombat games but those Mm -hmm. two are basically the fathers of mortal kombat for those that don't know um john tobias is in it a lot uh, along with a lot of people from midway like uh eugene jarvis ernest klein um it doesn't i it enraged me so I'm hesitant to say this, but Paul W.S. Anderson is in this fucking documentary. He is the director of the Resident Evil movies, but his first video game-based movie was Mortal Kombat. Oh, yes. So, yeah, which is just like... Yep. Which is one of my favorite yep, yep, video yep. game um, movies, I will say. But it, it's... Mortal Kombat. I, I will say it's not... It's it's one of the better ones because it is you can see what they did. I mean, if you want a true to Mortal Kombat quote unquote movie, it would have to be rated R. But if you do that with a Mortal Kombat movie, you got to make it family friendly so that it actually sells. So I will say that in mind, the Mortal Kombat first movie is not too bad. Yeah. Um, and I did watch that recently. We watched it on the sideshow like within the past year or two or something. Yeah. Uh, but. But yeah, this documentary is really cool. Uh, the, it's it's fun seeing how they created the digital effects, like filming people and like sitting them on step ladders as they're doing kicks and punches to <laughs> make them like fly across the screen and stuff like that. Um, Jeff Gersman from Giant Bomb is in it, along with a lot of other people outside of Midway. Uh, it's actually only through the Alamo Draft House right now. Uh, Alamo on demand. Um, Alamo Draft House is a very fancy theater if you had gone to them it's basically like table set up and they bring you food and stuff while you're watching the movie um it's there's not any near me i think the closest to me is honestly down in like virginia um but i'm not uh, don't quote me on that though maybe ohio doesn't matter anyway what what does that matter in 2020 but you can go to their site to rent it uh for 10 bucks or you can buy it for 15.99 um there's also a um a q a session with uh, the creator of the film, and then, um, God damn it, I couldn't find their names quickly enough when I was jotting the notes down, but it's it's about an hour long, but it's very interesting. A dude from actually ESPN interviews them, but, it, but that kind of shows, too, like, Midway was so... They were an arcade giant um, mm-hmm. between Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam alone. Like, insane how popular those games were. Um, to the point that now the NBA Jam, they actually mentioned this in the Q&A, uh, 
which I forgot about, but the NBA Jam by One Up has Wi-Fi capabilities. So oh, wow. it's yeah, I'm I'm not sure how faithful it is or like not faithful, how reliable it is, like if you're literally just hopping into tournaments with people or what, but that's still a really cool idea, I think. Um if there's any way to bring arcades back and make them relevant, it's to make them online compatible, I would say. Mm. Um and I mean things are already in arcades and things like that. But insert coin is really cool. Um unfortunately Midway's not around anymore. And and as I was watching this uh finally oh you know what? I'll take this second to say shout out to Alamo Drafthouse. I bought this on the 25th, or I rented it, and it was a 48-hour thing, and I just, it, it was dumb on my part to rent it the day before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving break, because I just forgot, like, I started watching it on my lunch during work, and I just forgot about it, and so I went back to it Friday, you know, day off, thinking, like, oh, I'll watch, I'll finish this up, but it was, like, 48 hours from the timestamp, so it was, like, yeah. 12 or, like, 1 o'clock my time, so I emailed them real quick. I was like, hey, can I just, like, pay the $5 difference to just own this movie since I didn't finish it? They got back to me pretty quick, and they said, hey, I extended your rental to December 5th. Uh, Happy holidays, like, something like that. So I was like, whoa, that might be the best customer service I've ever had for anything. (laughs) Um, So it was really, really cool. So rent stuff on Alamo Drafthouse's website, I guess. Um, But I, I really enjoyed it, but it it once it finished and I was thinking about it and, and thinking about what to talk, how to talk about it with this, it just reminded me like all these game documentaries I'm watching lately are so depressing because like the not for resale one ends with saying these mom and pop shops close, you know, the library of Congress now has video games in it, but you know, retail retro mom and pop shops, it's such a hard business. And then the other one, like console wars I watched, it's like, yes, it is not a company fighting Nintendo anymore. Like, you know, they, some would say they lost that war or whatever. I'm using quotes a lot this episode. Um, but it's just like, it, it's, it's crazy. These are good documentaries. Um, but like the, the, it, it's sad how they end essentially. And yeah. they really glossed over it. They didn't mention any of the console stuff really with Midway. It really is arcade focused, hence the name insert coin. Um, but it, it's really good. I think it's really well done. And they talk about like their WrestleMania game, how crazy it was to have wrestlers in there. Um, oh, they talk about the Aerosmith game Revolution X, how oh, yeah. and getting like um, voiceover work with with the band members, which is hilarious. Uh, and I'll say this, and it's, it, it, even if it's spoiling something, it's still funny to watch this this scene because they have. Have you played that? How it's it's an on rail shooter where you're. Like I, at I some point you're like firing CDs at enemies because you need okay. the music to fight for justice and stuff of Aerosmith, you know? I've got a feeling I owned it, but I don't think I ever played it. Like it's one of those games I picked up and just never got a chance to play. Um Super generic cover on the Saturn. It's it's for the Saturn yeah. though, I believe. Or Sega CD crap. It, it's um, on the Saturn. I, maybe I even Genesis. Know. Okay. The, no, I'm sure it's on the Saturn. Um, I'm sure it was. But it's hilarious watching them do uh, Joe Perry, the lead guitarist from Aerosmith, is doing voiceover work. And it, it's there's scenes where, you know, they just say, to, like, you did something there. They're like, all right, go get them. Or like, do this thing. Or like, you did it. Or like, you saved us. You saved the world. And how voice directing works is someone's feeding them lines to, like, get a bunch of takes and stuff. And at one point, one dude from Midway says, um, okay, and I say, rock and roll. And Joe Perry's like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it's hilarious because yeah, you ask one of the like arguably one of the most famous guitarists and one of the most famous rock bands to just yell rock and roll. That's fucking cheesy as hell. Like 
rock stars don't just yeah. yell rock and roll when they're happy about stuff, you know? So I just thought, because it, it was a funny chain of like, say, all right, uh, say it in a different tone, like say like, all right, or say like, yeah, now say rock and roll. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it's really great. It really made me laugh because of how, like, it was just the nerd versus the rock star at that point for a split second, you know? Um, I've just I've just looked it up. It was on the Genesis. It's on the ar- arcade SNES Genesis, PC, Saturn, and PlayStation. Holy crap! Okay, so it was on a few consoles. Um, yeah. yeah, it it was another time they did like digital uh, graphics of stuff with the band members and everything. Um, you, I guarantee you, if you've walked into an arcade, you've walked past Revolution X and maybe not even touched it, but. Um, no, it's a really fun documentary, though. It's an uh, hour, 42 minutes long. I'm just looking at the listing here. Only be, That's the only reason I know that. Um, but I definitely say check it out. I, I would If it got a physical release, I probably would grab it because I'd be interested in some of the like interviews they didn't use and things like that. Um, but it, it was... They, they kind of glossed over uh, the going to Congress and stuff like that with Night Trap. They didn't really bring that up because it was about midway overall. It wasn't just about Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, and uh, it was uh, like NBA Jam and stuff. It, it, it's interesting hearing how like Michael Jordan wanted nothing to do with NBA Jam, but then mm-hmm. after he saw how much it blew up, he wanted to be added in there. So they would have to actually like physically deliver chipsets to put into the machines and stuff oh, to like wow. update them. Um uh, I mentioned Ernest Klein. I didn't mean to say that he works for Midway. That's the author of Ready Player One. He's the first interview in this documentary. So since it started with that, since I just finished Ready Player One, just finished the movie, and then this documentary starts with an interview with him, I'm like, oh, this could be pretty interesting. And I thought it was. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, see, I, it, amazed, it amazed me that these these massive powerhouses from back in like the 90s and stuff and early 2000s, how they just disappeared, basically. Because as you yeah. say, Midway was huge, not only in the arcade, but actually also on consoles. Because, um, I mean, it had it obviously had like the Mortal Kombat games and stuff, but they were like, had this the, the Rush games as well, like San Francisco Rush, yeah. you know, um, LA Rush, Rush 2. Cruising. You had the cruising games, yes, exactly. Yeah, all the cruising games, which all ported to console, and they worked on some fairly decent um console games as well but yeah it was they they do mention how like uh when they first showed off cruising usa um that eventually was on the n64 like what they showed off was not the n64 version and stuff like that uh that, that was an interesting part um but it just really sounds like like that was another kind of you get these certain images of like how it was to work with making games midway really feels like you were you know just rock stars because you have different departments like one department's working on mortal Kombat, this other department's working on nba jam and they're trying to like kind of one up each other with how absurd things are with like he's on fire and stuff like that they have the guy who the announcer for nba jam is in this too which is it's pretty interesting to hear from him too yeah so and they worked on things like Hydro Thunder as well, which yes. the Dreamcast fans, great Dreamcast racer also in the arcade. Ah, um, oh man. Uh, they did Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol is a classic <laughs> 80s game. Yeah, I it's... Moon Patrol. I mean, they had hits from beginning to end because the first yeah. major thing they did was Smash TV. Oh, yeah. And like that is one of the more inspirational games in existence, I would argue. Um, yeah, totally. And of course, Mortal Kombat and stuff. But it's just... It's yeah. really interesting... Um, I guess if, if to give an idea of how 
kind of prestigious they were seen um when they and I, this i found out from the the q a uh they actually when they were working on the wrestlemania game uh or wrestle arcade i forget what it was exactly but wwf um they were like talking to vince mcmahon and stuff and he came down and like vince mcmahon gave them a tour of like ww stuff and but but they were in talks of like, could we actually get some of the personalities, like some of the wrestlers to whatever? And Vince is like, oh, yeah, we'll send them out to you. So like, without question, they had these wrestling superstars just walking around Midway Studios. Like that's that's how they knew this was going to be a big deal to have a wrestling game and have them in it because it's yeah. it's cross promotion at that point, you know. So, yeah, it was so, yeah. that WrestleMania, WWF WrestleMania. I, th- I think it was I. I it's a shame we don't have Chris on right now. He would know exactly what I'm talking about. I think, I, I'm actually okay. I'm actually on the I'm actually on the Wikipedia site, and yeah, it looks like that is yeah WWF WrestleMania the arcade game. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but it's, it's companies like Midway and Acclaim. I don't even remember Acclaim. Yeah, they were massive as well. They published some of um, Midway's console games and stuff. But I always tied them together in my head, and they just disappeared right. basically off the face of the earth. It's like, wait, what? Where did they go? Right. Um, yeah, yeah so one of the incredible it there, there's you know a lot of people kind of pass off those different collections you see on on consoles and pc and stuff but there's a there's two midway collections that were really good on 360 and ps3 that had like gauntlet or something on it too oh, yeah. i can't remember exactly but just there's they did a lot and it's crazy to think how that did just disappear like they weren't just a one-hit wonder you know so yeah and they also did loads. I didn't realize they actually did a load of pinball machines as well. Look, looking at this, yeah. Well, that's they before they were Midway. It was Williams and um, I can't remember now. See, oh, I started this. I started the Bally, documentary last Bally. Wednesday and finished it. Like, what's that? Oh, Bally. Yep. Bally, mm-hmm. Bally. Yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah, sad times. But I, uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out, Graham. You sound like I, you're pretty I, interested I will try already. To. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I. I wanted to also try out the last documentary you mentioned with the blockbuster one. The last blockbuster could not oh, be yeah. in the UK at all. <laughs> really? It's, I can't. I can't find a place that sells it or anything. I can't seem to find a place that will stream um, it. At least not legally. Um, okay. Can you not even order it from Blockbuster? The last blockbuster's website? Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. So maybe I'll type that in now. Oh yeah, do that because that's that's where I got it through. Like they the la- the actual Bend, Oregon blockbuster. If they don't do international shipping dude i'll get it for you somehow like that's okay i think it's a it's a fun documentary so is that ben's blockbuster.com yeah ben does oh. bend is the city in oregon where they're located oh okay that seems yeah. like a prank so. side to me ben blockbuster like <laughs> yeah ben d it's blockbuster mm-hmm. made of rubber <laughs> oh, uh, yeah here we are in megavisions talk about documentaries of dead organizations and things <laughs> yep we're on we with the news we're talking about myspace and Bebo and all sorts of great things. Yeah, everything relevant. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about our top 10 things we're listening to our Zooms right now. So, mm-hmm. one day I'll get a Zoom, that's for sure. So, yeah, with that, I guess uh, I'll move on to my pick of the week, which is one of the digital games I actually got on my Xbox the other day. Uh, I actually got it through EA Play, uh, well, technically through Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. But it's also available on EA Play because I'm also paying for it as well digitally. But it's a game called Sea of Solitude. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of went off EA games a while back because I think started just turning out shit. But since uh, Xbox oh, yeah. Game Pass Ultimate has tied in EA Play, I thought I might as well look at these games because uh, they might have some stuff on there. And they've put out some decent 
games that aren't, you know, the the big games that was like, like all the sports games, for example, or Medal of Honor. So right. I sort of decided to look it's into in it. It's in the game. It's in the game. So, yeah, po- po- like basically up until the Sega Saturn era, I thought EA are amazing, brilliant. And then as soon as, as soon as that, after that, like they just died a death to me. I think well... I bought a couple of the Xbox. Well, I bought a couple of Xbox games thinking, oh, EA, yeah. great. I used to love playing EA on Saturn and Mega Drive and stuff. So Xbox, GameCube, whatever. Started playing them. I was like, these are some of the worst games I've ever played. I was like, these are just not right. fun games in any shape or form. They ruined, well, they had... they ruined James Bond games. They ruined Harry yes. Potter and stuff. I was just like, this is... And this other games I was just playing. And like some of the sports games I was playing, I was like, this is not as fun as I remember. I remember FIFA 98 being really fun. And this is not so much fun anymore. Um, but so anyway, yeah, the, that, that's, that's um, not what I'm... Before you get away from them being strong in Genesis. Oh, no, sorry. No, go, We're having no, major on. lag carry issues on. today. I'm sorry. Um... Before you get away from Genesis, uh, they, for the, the, I, cause I didn't notice this until after the fact, they were the cartridges that were like bigger with those yellow chunks in them too sometimes. So like EA, like was the only one physically pushing the Genesis at the time to like get more out of that system to the point that they had to fit more in the cartridges. So. Yeah. There's also, I think there's some controversy around those cartridges though, that they're something to do with licensing and Sega. I can't remember what it was. But hmm. they basically went against Sega's rules, almost or something. Oh um, yeah. And Sega just had to like, let them do it. But they were the only ones who were allowed to do that size cartridge. Or so. I can't remember what it was. I need to do some research on that. But we can bring that up another day on another show, maybe. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. Sea of Solitude. That's what I want to talk to you guys about. So yes, yeah, uh, on Xbox. I assume it's on PS4 and PC as well. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, it's. Um, it's a really nice sort of uh, almost indie style game. I believe it is an indie de- development studio that made it, but EA published it. And you essentially, it's a story of loneliness and like emotions and stuff. And it's played, it's a 3D almost adventure game, I want to call it. You will play as a girl called uh, Kay. And she is, her character is almost like a shadow. She's like shaded all in black, basically. So she's mm. like a kind of shadow creature. Uh, and... Uh, you navigate yourself across this flooded city. So it's like the ocean's risen and stuff and the whole city's flooded. And at the start of the game, everything's dark. It's almost pitch black around you. You can just make out a few objects. And then you encounter this really light girl. Like she's basically a girl who is glowing. And she tries to sort of talk to you and encourage you. But this monster, this dark shadow monster, like massive shadow monster basically comes out and takes her. And... um effectively the game is you are trying to navigate your way across this flooded city you encounter these giant monster things who basically talk crap to you they say really hurtful things they put you down sort of saying uh you're useless you're rubbish you, you, you can't do anything and it's as you progress in the in the game you uncover more of uh Kay's past and certain things certain events in her life that have led to her becoming lonely and depressed and it's, mm. it's quite an interesting way to do it, I think. And um, the monsters, actually at times, the monsters can be quite scary. So there's, um, you are you spend a lot of time in your boat. To, like, it's quite easy to move around the, the city and stuff. You've got like roofs of houses and buildings sort of sticking out. But at uh, certain points, you have to get off the boat and run across the rooftops and stuff. You can like explore, the, you can explore the city almost. Uh, but you also have to swim sometimes. And when you jump into the water, though, you are in danger of getting eaten by one of these massive monster 
creature things and you yeah that there's a mechanic in the game where you can sort of track roughly where the monster is so the monsters often swim around not always there's kind of a set pattern but the pattern will change so as soon as you move onto another rooftop the pattern will change but um you have oh, to like track roughly where it is and as soon as you jump in the water the monster goes for you so you kind of get almost like a jaws yeah. moment that this music starts to build up and build up and build up so you can't really swim around too much you have to oh. and, and if yeah. you're really close to the edge of something or the water is coming up just over the edge of the thing you're standing on the monster will try and get you and will just ram into the side of the thing that you're on and it's actually the first time it happened i was genuinely like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> So That's I, interesting. I mean, the- I've spoken before in the past how underwater and water things in games kind of freak me out since Tomb Raider, and this yeah. is kind of one of. I, I have a legit fear of underwater, like deep, like the unknown. I guess it can be yeah. if you if we want to get spiritual about it. I, about it, I just have a fear of the unknown because like deep space frightens me a little bit too and stuff. Okay. So, you know, yeah. Um, um, so it, this this, is- the, this reminds me. I started playing Last of Us Two, and I won't get too far into it, but. They there's a lot of stealthy stuff that they use the environment enough or a lot with how like if an enemy is coming towards you you can't you don't you don't see their field of vision but the music changes like it swells a little bit when they are looking at you but you aren't oh, sure okay. if they see you yet or not so it it sounds like this has that too which it's not it's not the Metal Gear Solid uh, exclamation point but it's more atmospheric that you know that they yeah. are creeping creeping closer to you and stuff. Yeah, so it sounds like Last of Us is doing it in a slightly different way, but but yeah, kind of. I guess all in the same way. But yeah, still, more um, to not break the immersion anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it does. They do it in a really good way, and um, in fact, there's there's some really good bits in it. Um, so it, it's it's not all just about Kay, but it's stuff in Kay's life and stuff. But there's a bit where she goes into like the game kind of changes a couple of times. It's still kind of along the same thing, but there's a bit where you get out of the water and you actually inside a building, which is like an it's like an old school, effectively. And it's all these sort of shadowy creatures around, like uh, who are basically meant to be school bullies. There's like hundreds of them, and you can't fight in this game. There's there's no way to really fight oh, or push back. Okay, you, you you can defeat them in certain ways. You have like this this almost guiding light. It's called a flare. You can send out a flare like as much as you like. You can keep sending this flare out. It's like a big orb that shoots through the sky, and it'll tell you a rough destination. And it can't go mm-hmm. through buildings though, but it will like hit a building. So you sort of know. Oh, it's it, you've got to go that way. So you need to go around this building, and then you can fire your flare again to see where it is. And when you're close enough, or when it's in direct open field of view, it will land, and you'll see it glowing to where it lands. So you can go, oh, that's where I need to go to. But um, occasionally, in, in this in the school environment, you could use your flare as a way to kind of stop these shadowy creatures getting you because you could a- activate some lights and oh, stuff, which okay. will then make the shadow creep. But there's bits where you can't even do that, so you have to like basically get close to them and they'll chase you and then you've got to try and run around them and um they don't kill you instantly but they if they attack you i think it's three or four times if they hit you 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 die basically but like as you're going through there's like bit there's like a whole bit which is all in darkness almost and you're just following this little light orb that like you befriend you call it glowy and it's sort of like it's just moving through this dark area and you can barely see anything except for like these red eyes and like these sort of shadowy figures and all you hear is like we're going to find you. We're going to oh, kill boy. you. And stuff no. like that. Just constantly like, and it's just like really creepy. And I was like, just walking through going, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I mean, that's, I, I, some of the best survival horror. Well, no, not some of the best survival horror games are the ones where you cannot fight back because that is what defines the genre. Like, yeah. um, 
I won't I won't go into any detail. Uh, have you ever played the game Echo Knight on PS1? I have not. Okay. It, the graphics have not aged well, but it's it's a mystery game involving ghosts, and you can die in it, but you have no weapons. And when I realized that, I liked the game a lot more. So it sounds okay. interesting. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's I think that's one of the reasons why I like Enemy Zero and think Enemy Zero on the Sega Saturn. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can fight back, but right. your weapon is so limited. You have to charge it up. And it's got a radius of like two meters, so you can't just like fire across the room and kill them. And your enemies are invisible as well, so it's almost like holy crap. The only way you yeah. can tell is from like a, a motion detector thing. And yeah, so that that terrified me, but uh, so good. But yeah, this is um, cool. I wouldn't say this is like a proper survival horror game. But it's got it's very creepy, but it's done in a really good way, and it's all sort of the way it evolves. Uh, like you, sorry, showing Kay's past and stuff, like some events that happened in her life, which you you can see that she's not a good like she's a good person at heart, but like she's done stuff that people would say that's not good. Basically, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, um, yeah. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus, and... <laughs> and America, too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's closer to call it a survival thriller than her life, maybe. than horror, you know? Yeah. Possibly. It's, uh, it's, it's a very... I've never really played a game quite... The closest game I can compare it to, and it's not even the same at all, is almost Limbo. I don't know if you've ever played Limbo, but Limbo is a 2D platformer but it's the way the atmosphere and stuff within limbo kind of reminds me of this a little bit but this is all 3d and open world and uh really cool but it's it's kind of interesting because the the water levels in this in the in the city you're going around as you rise and fall at points uh depending on what's happening so you get to explore the city like you go keep going back and forth around the city but you're following almost like a, a journey a path to tell Kay's um, past, effectively. And okay. yeah, I'd, I'd just recommend checking it out. So yeah, yeah, if you're subscribing to EA Play or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you can get this for free, effectively, because it's, it's part of your subscription. Uh, if not, it's available to buy as well. But yeah, very interesting. Sea of Solitude, really cool. Cool. And now we're moving on to our main feature discussion, which we're going to call Unexpected Christmas. So we're going to be looking at some games uh, that have uh, Christmas within them, but you may not expect them to have a Christmas connection to them. So uh, it's something that came out of the blue for you. And yeah, well, I'll kick this one off. The game I want to talk about is it's a Sega published game. It's made by Triace. It's on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. It's called Resonance of Fate. I don't actually have my copy with me. I think it's actually my parents' house, which is a bit annoying. But uh, do you know about Resonance of Fate at all? Yeah. Uh, they thought it was an ingenious idea to release it the same day as Final Fantasy thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know, Resonance of Fate is a... I guess it's the best way to describe it. It's a uh, JRPG game. Yeah. It's made by Triace, who are a big uh, JRPG uh, games developer. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it was right up against Final Fantasy, the biggest, arguably the biggest RPG of all time, franchise of all time. So no one Thank really... God of War came out that week too. Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah, it was like the worst time for them to publish it. I don't yeah. think Sega did this, but it's not basically a, good, a whole new, not a good a whole... like debut, or exactly. not a good week for a debut title. Essentially, exactly, it's a it's a brand new IP, so no one had even heard about it, and yeah. 
But uh, so, yeah, effectively, Resonance to Fate, it's, I guess, the best way to talk about it. It's a, um, oh, God, I've just forgotten the word. It's uh, ah, it's a steampunk. That's the word steampunk. I was about to say cyberpunk, but that's completely wrong. It's a, it's a steampunk style game. Uh, so you're, I can't, I can't really go into the whole storyline. I played it when it first came out. And to be honest, I've not played it since and kind of forgotten most of it. But it's a game that you would never expect. There's no, there's basically no connection to Christmas at all in it. It's all like, as I say, steampunk. Uh, it's got some really cool combat scenes where you, um, the, 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 it's like turn-based combat, but it's very dynamic. The way the characters run around, they do these really yeah. cool somersaults. And they pull out guns and start firing and stuff. It's really yeah, awesome. It's got really a learning cinematic. curve to it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I remember, I remember my first time playing. I was like, oh, this is kind of easy, and then suddenly, just like it, it. It, there's a lot more strategy behind the combat which uh i had to really sort of work out and yeah, yeah but you're, you're kind of oh I was, i'm I was fairly say... confident i'm fairly confident most people don't know about this game mm-hmm. um so e- even if you are a sega fan i wouldn't be surprised if it fell under your radar but the combat is like if you tried to make bayonetta into uh rt uh, not an rts a tactics game almost because you do have range and stuff like that but you are using like gung f- gun fu in it almost because you're doing acrobatic nonsense while you're using handguns and stuff with people yeah so it looked um, really cool but i had no fucking idea what i was doing when i was yeah. playing it <laughs> yeah it's special yeah um actually yeah really cinematic really really impressive when you're just to watch the game it's really it's got tons of videos on youtube if you want to check it out because it's a really fun game just to watch let alone play playing it's really good as well and uh but yeah so i've kind of set in this um from memory it's like a, almost like a floating city base type thing in the sky which steampunk. is steampunk yeah very steampunk um all the all the stuff around you is kind of got that steampunky kind of brass copper browns you know grays metal yeah. colors and stuff and almost literally nothing to do with winter or christmas with it until from memory it's very late in the game i think it was like one of the second to last missions or something there is um there's actually two christmas related missions within this game so one of them uh, effectively you have to go around and find items for christmas decorations and uh from memory i think that's just a side mission which you don't have to actually do but then there's another one which is called merry christmas and you say you basically play as the, the girl who's leanne and she dresses up uh in a sort of santa dress um, like classic traditional female santa outfit and you you've got these two guys dressed in like these weird reindeer costume from memory they look almost like bears but they are yeah. meant to be reindeer and and you go into a battle mode but the battle mode isn't to fight and kill enemies it's to give presents to kids and so you kind of do like these awesome like somersaults in the air and like you but you, instead of putting out your guns you put out like a present and like throw it at the kids and it's like a, it's like a mini explosion and the kids holding a present going Yay! but oh, it's no. um from memory, the kids are chasing anime. you around the battlefield, so it's almost like it is kind of almost like a battle. Uh, <laughs> it was it was such a weird thing because, um, as I say, from memory, I feel like it happens right near the end of the game, like maybe one or two uh, main missions before the final the final missions. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just so out of place, but really fun because it was just like a oh, cool, like a fun little break from what you had been doing for the whole game, pretty much. And yeah, it's just so unexpected for me. I was just like, this is insane. I love it. And I mean, the whole game is really fun. It's really good, really good storyline. 
uh, it takes a good chunk of time as well, uh, but not I'd say not as long as like some of the Final Fantasy games. But um, yeah, so Scotty, have you actually played this or have you only just seen it? Uh, I literally played it at a demo booth at a PAX one year, and whoever was watching the Sega booth just kind of laughed at me as I tried to figure out the battle system. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I thought I owned it, but apparently I don't. I was going to grab it uh, to show people the cover, but oh well. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the cover, I think, I can't remember what the cover is now. I think it's, it's just, just the, three generic white kids. Pretty much. Um, kind of, I think one, uh, one of them's got the kind of cloud strife, almost white spiky haircut by the looks of it. And I just looking at it now. It's got a picture of, uh, Leanne at the front holding some guns. And then like one has got mm-hmm. like, a machine gun behind her and another one's like going, doing that or, like to the side. Uh, so it's like three, there's three sort of teenage kids who are like the main protagonists within the game that you play as and control. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but it's really awesome. Just really bizarre to have that Christmas scene in it. So yeah, that's and great. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. Check it out. Actually go on YouTube. You can find that those missions I just mentioned on YouTube. The one where you're finding items for decorations less interesting from memory like it was just kind of a side thing but the other one we actually throwing presents at kids that was but from memory that was a main mission you had to do it was just like you were kind of it's a story mission that you get stepped into which was great but it's out, it's out there you can watch it so scotty uh what about you have you got any um games that you didn't expect to have christmas in but surprise christmas yeah um the first one I'll mention is Snatcher on the Sega Ooh. CD, uh, Saturn in Japan. But um, when you're walking downtown, uh, for anyone that doesn't know what Snatcher is, uh, what's his name? Miyam? No, that's not his name. That's not his name. I forget. Kojima really likes Blade Runner, and he made a game about it. <laughs> um, but uh, Metal Gear's in it, too. He's uh, on the cover, cool. I think, sort of. Um, the little guy, but no, when you are asking questions downtown and stuff, Jingle Bells is playing the whole time. So it is actually during Christmas time that this takes place, but you don't get that impression at first, but then you keep talking to people and just in the background is going on the whole time. Um, it's even on the soundtrack. Uh, if you get the, the soundtrack for (laughs) Snatcher, their version of Jingle Bells is on there, um, which it might, is it called something else? I'm not even sure. Probably, but Merry Xmas, Neo Kobe City. I don't know. This is the limited run uh, thing. Uh, Cassette soundtrack. But no, and you actually also talk to Santa, who ends up being an informant. Uh, You talk about drugs and stuff with Santa. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting because this game is just very, very dark. And, um, you know, it's a mystery kind of crime solving action, uh, not action, but adventure game almost a point and click thing just going through dialogue but yeah it's cool to have that taking place and you see the different you t- it talks about the different colors and stuff that you see with the different lights and decorations and whatever and you do like i said the main thing is like jingle bells is playing and, and you do talk to santa as he is a character in the game um but it's not something you expect with how the game starts out so it adds like a peaceful tone to a definite dark overtone that's mm. going on in the game so it was not expected when i played it for the first time last year um and uh but it's it's neat it definitely adds a mood to it um have you actually played snatcher graham i have not i've seen a lot of video footage of it though um mm-hmm. like it's one of those games i don't i think it's i don't know if it came out in the uk i could be wrong on that so uh, i'm not sure it's uh, stupid expensive on the sega yeah. cd uh so this is a repro i will just admit that right now okay. but it's it's pretty uh just open please 
the case would not open, but it's just it's a good looking thing and everything. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, Santa's in it. Jingle bells are playing. It takes place during Christmas, so it, is it a Christmas game? You decide. Crack crack the code, and uh, you know, junkers, snatchers, snatchers and junkers. Neo Kobe City AD twenty forty seven. Um. And then the other one, uh, unless you had anything to say about Snatcher. I mean, I, it's one of those games that I think sounds really interesting to me. It's one of those games I would probably, I wouldn't play, I, it's, I think as a child, I wouldn't have played it. It wouldn't have interested me. I know me. I wouldn't now, have. If, now I'm yeah. older, it's, it's almost these, these dialogue-based kind of mystery puzzle-solving games are actually more interesting to me. And so, yeah, I might actually look into it a bit more. Um, I, I know it was released on some other different consoles, wasn't it, at the time? Because I think... Uh, oh, it was on the America PC. America only got it on CD. Yeah. yeah, so I think in the in the Japan, is on like um, the MSX2 and PC Engine and stuff, which were had yeah. uncensored content in them. Um, right. So there was actually a tiny bit of nudity, I believe, in it, and also some... Uh, a, yeah, it definitely got away with a teen rating. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think in the original Japanese one, from what I've read and saw, there's um, there's a scene where I think there's a dog's corpse. It might have even been a robot dog. I'm not sure, but a dog's corpse mm. is is found. And in the original Japanese version, like it's actually, I think you see his heart, or you can see something pulsating in the corpse. But on the Western release, was, that was all all the animation was stopped. So it's just like a dead body, basically. Oh, yeah. um, uh, there's like there's twitching or something. Well, there is stuff that's censored in japan because decapitation is very much taboo over there um and that happens in this game uh but uh it is yeah there's some intense scenes it should Mm. probably be m-rated um i uh i will say if you play this now don't be ashamed if you have to look up a guide because some stuff i had no idea and for the sake of progression we played it for the sideshow podcast but for the sake of like progressing each week i had to look i had to use a guide um but it's 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 a good game. Snatcher's yeah, a good it, game. It's it's a game that, that really interests me. And if I can get a chance to play it, I probably will. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll try and pick up a repro or something as well. Because I I know some people just don't like the idea of repros, but when some of these games are like you know two hundred dollars or something, it's like yeah, dude, I can't afford to pay that for like all these great old games that you just don't get to play anymore. But yeah, um, yeah, it it was. Um, you mentioned the PC Engine because it is on the. Um, PC Engine slash Turbo Graphics Mini that right. came out, but it's only in Japanese. So good yeah. luck with the text based adventure game. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, but that's cool. And the only other one that I thought of right away was uh, Shenmue. Because mm-hmm. in the first Shenmue, it does take place. You can eventually uh, experience Christmas, so to speak, it, it, you know, December 25th anyway. Uh, and Santa will just be walking around. Uh, Boita or wherever it is, I forget now. Um, and but he is useless in the game. He serves no purpose other than to greet you, and I think he tells you to go home at one point or don't stay out <laughs> late. I don't remember. Um, but he just says Merry Christmas. You can talk to him all day. I, I got when I first played Shenmue, I got legitimately excited seeing Santa walk around because I don't. Maybe I didn't experience like Christmas just randomly in a game at that point yet. But seeing Santa walking around was like, oh, I got to talk to Santa. Maybe he's going to help me find Chinese people that speak Chinese. Um, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's just classic Shenmue. Um, 
but that that was fun. That was yeah uh, a nice little surprise seeing him walk around because there's yeah. so much going on in that game already. Yeah, I think that's such a nice touch because that game. Yeah, as you say, that game is massive, but because it's type almost time based, there are date you can literally you start on a certain. I can't remember what the date it is now. You start on, but you start on a certain date, and the time does progress each day that it will then turns to next month and stuff. So it's just really mm-hmm. cool that I thought, oh yeah, Christmas is going to come up. Let's let's include Santa. Does that have any Shenmue two at all? I've never. Uh, I've played Shenmue two, but I I just played through. I'd never bothered to wait around for the days to pass. I just progressed. That game is so much bigger that if Santa's in it, I wouldn't be surprised if I missed him entirely when I played. Right. You mean there's, there's not a multiple... Santa on every corner? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, right. In 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 the first Shenmue, there's essentially one main street or one main section of town that you're exploring. But in Shenmue 2, there's kind of two cities that you explore. Yeah. So to, you could, I could totally understand if you miss Santa entirely. I mean, if you want to Google real quick Shenmue 2 Santa, we That's could <laughs> find out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still fun because it made no sense that he was walking around that town. Like he didn't have, like it was just him. He wasn't like on a bike with presents or like carrying gifts. He's just walking around. Oh, he's got a whole backstory. The thing that came up was for the, the first Shenmue. He's got a mm-hmm. backstory. I didn't know if you know this guy, the Santa. He's no. called Santa. i got to go and pronounce his name, but Santa Mayo, Mayno, or Mayno Santa. Mayonnaise. And he is a retired marathon runner who ne- is now a sandwich board man walking through D- Dobrita. I can never pronounce that in Yusaka. And in the middle of Christmas holidays, he advertises the shops, apparently. That's his purpose so apparently he holds what? up signboards and stuff um, i've never seen a damn one he's doing a shit uh, job so apparently he advertises shops as such as the achi ajichi chinese restaurant during the day and the mjq jazz bar at night so and he's oh his zodiac sky is scorpio and he's an ab blood type of course <laughs> wow uh, and he's born in 1939 november the 7th this is all right I'm, I'm being serious this is this is fascinating he's, got, he's oh, like almost that. 40 when you're playing shenmue then wow when you encounter him. insane um but yeah okay i can't, I can't find anything for shenmue 2 about santa but okay brilliant um yeah it's nothing's coming up for i've just done a different type of search and nothing's coming up for that so there we go uh although one of the results that just came up is, is there no is shenmue there any, like, 2 cancelled Oh, well, I hope they decide to bring it back. Um, is there, There's not any, like, downloadable stuff for Christmas-related stuff for Shenmue 2 that you recall? or not that I, recall. I don't really remember much downloadable stuff on the Shenmue games as such. Well, yeah, I mean, there was the, um, the, the online pass or whatever for the first game, but that, that actually... was more so a database and, like, leaderboards. Yeah, I feel like that didn't really have any proper downloadable content. I mean, well... Here's the thing: the Dreamcast, Dreamcast, while it did technically have downloadable content, most of it was actually all stuff that was hidden on the discs and stuff. So, and yeah. you just you downloaded a little file to unlock it because the VMU's memory size was tiny. But um, yeah, I I, got, I can't find anything about it. But that that's that's pretty cool. I think it's just an awesome thing to have. And um, I haven't got this in the notes, but just very quickly, I'll touch on there's another game which I did not expect to have um, Christmas stuff in, which is Sega Touring Cars on the Sega Saturn. I don't know if you've ever played that game at all. 
Uh, nope. So it's uh, it's it's an arcade racer. So it's uh, imagine Sega Rally, but you're in touring cars and stuff. And the Saturn version is notorious for having a terrible frame rate. But oh, I don't okay. know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's the frame rate being bad or not. But it's the fastest racing game I think I've ever played in my life on the Saturn. Like, uh, not just saying it's the fastest game on the Saturn, it's the fastest game I've ever played, but then the Saturn version is. Because it, you just seem to go so quickly. Um, like, mm-hmm. the world is rushing past you. And, um, like, the tracks are as long as Sega Rally tracks, but rather than doing a, a lap, uh, like one lap in, like, a minute and 30 seconds, you're doing a lap in, like, 20 seconds. It's insane. Um, <laughs> um, but that game, so it's just a driving game. But or in December, pretty sure it's, it might just be on December the twenty fifth. Suddenly, it gets a Christmas theme going. It's like all winter, and from memory, it's like Christmas trees and stuff. And it's like this is awesome. Like it's such a nice mm. little touch to have in the game. So, yeah, um, I love it when Sega does did things like that. Just little nice little touches. Um, yeah, I just miss we, date and time based stuff in yeah. games. I was about to say yeah, the, the Saturn did. There's quite a few games on the Saturn which used the actual time based system. You know, not just yep. for save files to actually say, "Hey, this is this time of year. Let's do some fun stuff." You know, let's, let's yeah. throw out some cool things. But yeah, miss miss all that stuff. But um, yeah, there we go. And with that, that will bring us to the end of that discussion and the end of the show. So, Scotty, do you have any site or magazine or streaming announcements at all uh, for us to shout out to people? Uh, just keep an eye out for that Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 review, uh, and there's streaming stuff happening almost every day throughout the week. Um, we've always got Thursday night throwdowns, but otherwise just stay tuned to our Twitter for updates on that. Um, my, we got the Dreamcast out to the winner, Pure of Ash 88 from the Dreamcast Marathon, finally. That's a personal record for me, because I'm horrible at chipping things out. I actually got it out within the same year that the marathon took place. (laughs) Um, so that means all the prizes are out, so thank you again, guys, for the support with that. You can still go to our Extra Life, which is tinyurl.com, M-V-E-L 2020. Uh, we're getting pretty close to $2,000 actually donated uh, after Brett did some more stuff and um, pushed for plugs towards that. Wow. So that'd be really cool to do. Uh, I have my Christmas night stream coming up at some point. Again, Twitter's the best place to keep up with what we're actually doing on Twitch. Um, and we are going to have uh, magazine news coming up pretty soon. So if you're not already on our Patreon, please support us on patreon.com backslash megavisions. That's everything Ooh. from me. Excellent. And just for anybody who doesn't know, our Twitter is at MegaVisionsMag. So that's at the MegaVisionsMag. Is that also our Instagram? I forget. I always forget which one it is. No, Instagram's just MegaVisions. Perfect. Um, I think Facebook might be MegaVisionsMag as well. I can't remember. But just type in MegaVisions. Hopefully it will pop up. So yeah, Mm -hmm. fantastic. I don't think there's really anything for me. As I say, hopefully my Arcade Racing Legends review will come out this week as well. But, uh, yeah, I have to see how my work is because uh, it's just been manic since, well, it's been manic for the last, like, five months, it seems. Anyway, perfect. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, people, for listening. And, yeah, hopefully, maybe maybe we'll have someone back with us next week. Maybe Chris will be back or anti-Chris or Nick. We haven't seen Nick Flair for a while. So we'll bring someone back and, yeah, have a great show and have a great week, everybody. So catch you later. Be excellent to each other. Christmas. Honey, I gotta tell you about this sandwich.